Today's episode is brought to you by Beducated.com, your online safe space to explore all things sex and relationships. Check them out today at Beducated.com. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com. And don't forget to use our promo code VORGASMIC to receive 15% off of your subscription. Faith and stability. And total tranquility. I'm building off your energy. You listen to the enemy. You're my peace, not my enemy. My lover and my friend indeed. Together we will grow the seed growing orgasmic energy. And we're back. Back again. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Orgasmic Vibes. We are your host. I'm Grant Michael. And I'm Queen Shay. And this is Orgasmic Vibes. We're going to touch on a topic today that sometimes is a little sensitive in this day's world. We're kind of going to hit a little bit of religion. Everybody don't like talking about religion. They get up in arms or they don't want to mix it or they want it to be political. But Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it anyway. And and not just talk about it, but talk about how it, it intertwines and supports and completely evolves around marriage to becoming one. You know, that's a course that uh, a lot of marriage uh, counselors uh, introduce to, to, to couples. Uh, I know our church, um, it was a requirement. Yep, they required it. And, and the course that we took was, was called To Becoming One. And uh, one of the things that we're going to, because it's a very broad subject, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's, it touches on some of everything. Um, one area that we wanted to talk about today that we feel like is needed in every relationship um, is adversity and how it's dealt with and how it's overcome, you know? So right. um, we're going to dive right in. So uh, where do you think a lot of adversity in relationships stem from? I think it really goes to the differences that individuals have with beliefs and values and also the differences in your expectations. So anytime you're joining two parties, you know, to be on the same page, it's going to come with some differences. And that's fine. It's just a matter of how are you moving with the differences. So differences in beliefs and values, you know, that that goes really deep into what do you believe in? What do you stand for? Um, what are some things that you just don't bend on. You're not willing to bend on. Like those are your core beliefs and values. And then on the opposing side, your expectations. Mm-hmm. Because you can believe in one thing and have your values here, mm-hmm. but you also have this picture you painted in your head, whether you are aware of it or not, when you're in a relationship or a marriage with someone. You know, kind of like and they always say, you know, when girls are small, like, Oh, did you have like this fairy tale in your head? Like, what is your expectation of that relationship? So I think when you're merging those together, those differences can cause adversity. What do you think? Well, I can sum it up um, in a phrase that I kind of coined. Well, I didn't coin it, but it came to me in this when we were discussing this and I was putting my thought into it. Um, There's a lot of folk that, 
come into situations and they have expectations opposed to setting expectations. And what that what I mean with that is, like you said, from a childhood or from a previous relationship or whatnot, everyone has their non-negotiables, their beliefs and their expectations. Okay, that's good. Don't get me wrong. That's the groundwork. But once you've gotten past the puppy love or the, the, the new relationship, the two people, in my opinion, should be setting expectations for the future and for their building blocks of their relationship. Because even though my past experiences help mold who I am, once we get to a level where we're trying to build something together, yeah, I started with those expectations, but now it's time to set our expectations, what's expected of us. What are you looking for from me? What am I looking for from you? What do we have together? You know, so a lot of people have expectations and that's just what they run with opposed to setting expectations with their partner, setting expectations in the relationship where they're trying to go and what they're trying to do with it. And just to bring clarity to that, when he's saying setting expectations, that means communicating them clearly, like really getting to the meats and the bones, not just skirting around it and saying, oh, I want to be happy. You know, I want us to build this life together, have kids, be successful, you know, um, have our finances together. Mm -hmm. Those are all nice things and those are goals, but those aren't necessarily the expectations. And I think a lot of times people are stating more so of their goals than their true expectations. Um, I know for us, when we started out, those are things we really talked about. Like, what do you envision from this? What, What do you even want? from us dating. Mm-hmm. So even at the dating stage, we set expectations. Even before, you know, even the thoughts of being engaged or being married, just in us being in a relationship, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? What do you want in a partner in a relationship? Mm-hmm. We had those conversations. So I think when we did decide to, you know, really commit and be serious, we were on the same page. Mm-hmm moving at the same pace, moving at the same wavelength, if you will. Because sometimes people are just so happy to find someone that is into them that they kind of miss some of those conversations and they don't set the expectation. And just to piggyback off that, like we said, this episode is entitled Two Becoming One. And we're going to outline how you know, God ordained marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. he wants us to be married. He expects us to have partnerships and the, and the beautiful and the beautification. Is that that a word? It is. Ooh. (laughs) And the beautification of, um, of unity. Mm -hmm. So we're just setting the groundwork before we jump head into that. So we talk about beliefs because first and foremost, if you don't believe in a higher power, we're not going to go into the different denominations or, or the different um, realms of religion. We're just talking about religion in, in general. Mm-hmm. From the belief in our higher power, how he set expectations for marriage, and how, he how he sanctified it, and how he ordained it. And then from that, we want to touch on areas where uh, we have discovered through research are some of the most common disconnects, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we want to relate it to us and how, what we did, because nobody's 
anybody that's going to get married, they're going to run into similar problems and situations. Right. They might not all be exact, but the, you know, they, they stem all from, we believe, from what we read, certain things. And we're going to relate how those certain things applied in our life and how we overcame or moved past. Move forward. You know, but we definitely want to, expectations. Right. And not only once you set those expectations, coming up with a master plan to or a roadmap to your destination. That's the perfect analogy. I like right that. There. A roadmap, to, a your roadmap to your destination. You know, and I'm the way my mind works, I like to reverse engineer everything. All right, boom, this is the destination. All right, boom, let's figure out how to get there. Opposed to saying, hey, I want to go here. And then let's just start going. I'm I'm that's just me. So two becoming one. It's a class that we took. And uh, I think they're still offering it. You can link the books off Amazon. Right. Um, but it's talking about how two different entities, two different people, two different souls, two different hearts mold into one, forming one house, one body. Well, in, in doing so, bringing and incorporating religion in faith into that. So, you know, as he's mentioning, we went through this course to becoming one. For our church, that was a requirement. And just to give, you know, a little tidbit of history there, just so happened, like prior to us, like meeting each other, dating the church that we still are members of today, I attended that church in college and his family actually attends that church as well. You know, I joined that church in college. Yep. 2005 to be exact. So once we did start dating, you know, that just was like, added bonus Mm -hmm. granted i didn't live in the same city as him at the time the church was there and when i would come up we would go together so that just was like something like off top both of us had the expectation that whoever we're dating whoever you know we aspire to be married to that we would want to have that religion in common or at Mm -hmm. least you know uh, the foundation so that just was step one so when we found out we needed to complete this counseling that was a no-brainer. Like, cool, we'll learn from somebody who clearly has already gone through that. Hold on. Before you say that, I want to say something just to make sure it's clear and plain. We're talking about worshiping together before we were married. Right. We're talking about going to church together advocately when we were dating. Right. And the church that I was a member of, she joined. Well, she was a member. She used to go visit while she was mm-hmm. in college. And that was when we she was coming to Columbia. But when I was going to Charleston to visit her, I was going to her church. Mm-hmm. Man, they had a uh, they pastor. He had the oh Bootsy fade. The pastor had the Bootsy fade. You know what I'm saying? He I used to call him. Like I used to call him Reverend Bootsy. <laughs> but um, I said that to say this. You know, we were worshiping before we walked down that aisle. Before we even had a ring on her finger. Just want to make that clear. Okay. Or even before we were dating at all. So it just was nice and no pressure from either side. You know, like oh, so you know, do you go to church? And it just naturally like yes, I go here and then going together. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it just those were parts of the non-negotiables right? in both of our lives. But okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, boo. Go ahead. Um, so jumping in, we start taking this course to Becoming One. That course is broken out into three phases, if you will. First phase just jumps right into the nitty gritty. Why do marriages fail? Mm-hmm. So they kind of hit you from the beginning. You know, you're probably going in like, oh, they're just going to have us reading these scriptures or... You know, reciting things. No, they they hit you with some realness on day one. Mm-hmm. You have homework. You have situations that you have to think about without discussing it with your partner, and then to come back to class on Sundays 
and discuss. So it was very, um, very involved, but it opened up our eyes to what the other person felt. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to put that out there. That is something you don't have to be getting married. If you're in a relationship, still counseling is not the worst. Sign up for a course and you'd be surprised at what you unlock or what you find out. And and the class wasn't just newlywed. It wasn't just us in the class. Right. So you had, I want to say, three couples that were engaged in the process of about to get married. But it was at least two couples in there, they one of which married. that was married for about 15 years mm-hmm. and another couple that was married for like five years. Because the course isn't just for the newlyweds. It's literally outlining how your relationship and is how first I was ordained by God. And then it's outlining how it should go. Think the way you should think if you have a a strong hold on your faith and your spirituality. If you're really trying to make this person your better half. They, and it outlines why it says they're the better half. Because if you striving to thrive with someone, that some situation should make you better. Not just from a man to a woman, from a woman to a man. So... And, you know, like I said, it's, it jumps right in. It starts out with why do marriages fail? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, what would you say is the reason? Or do you think there's one reason why marriages fail? Um, and that could be something general. Or do you think it's all situational why marriages fail? Like we told you a couple episodes ago, we taking the gloves off going forward. We're going to be real transparent and real direct. A lot of men that I've talking to, that I've spoken with, that that uh, are married, that have had troubles in their in their marriage, it stems from two things: the bedroom and finances. Just so some men feel like they're they're either bored or they don't have enough action in the bedroom, you know. And other and the other ones is man, everything stems around money. She want this, she want to go do this. Like one person may have desires that stem from a good bit of money or some float or too much spending of money. So those are the two biggest, I would say. I would say uh, one of the biggest is lack of communication. Um, if you don't know how to communicate, it's hard to express yourself when you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that just adds fuel to the fire. Cause now you're just continuously getting frustrated, especially if, one person has been trying to tell the person something for a while or they feel like they have clearly told them and that other person is not reciprocating or, you know, adhering to what they're saying or taking it serious. So I think lack of communication um, really is the big one because communication hits every sector to right. me. So like you're saying in the bedroom or finances, if you don't ever tell the person you're not right. satisfied in the bedroom, they may not know, right. or maybe you told them and the other person ignored you. Finances. If somebody's asking for something that's not realistic in your current state or you feel like it's falling on you, if you're not saying that and you're just trying to keep up with it, then you start harboring these feelings. So that, again, the lack of communication. So I think no matter what mm-hmm. those smaller sectors are, I think it all boils down to are you communicating openly, what is wrong? Openly, without fault. So... Because a lot of people, you go about the conversation wrong, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, You've heard me say in previous, like, beginning episodes how I would would literally navigate, like, navigate the conversation around to prevent an argument or make sure it was received correctly. A lot of men don't do that. Some men, they feel, man, this is my wife. I can talk to her how I want to. But if you come in with animosity, you're going to be met with animosity. Right. So not just communication. Humble yourself before your woman. 
just like you humble yourself before God. You wouldn't go to God angry now. Well, you should, some people do, but you shouldn't go to God angry. So this is queen mother that we talking about, your wife. You know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't come to her angry. And for women, this is your king. This is your provider, your leader. You shouldn't be coming to him angry. Cool heads always need to prevail. And if they have those conversations, then they can unlock doors in their bedroom, unlock levels in their bedroom. They can unlock ways to financially be be being existent, but I mean coexist. But um, I think you said you, you said you did a little research on reasons marriage fail. Right. And before I get into that, I just want to add um, over communicating. You may have one person that they never let the other person get a word in or speak their side. So, you know, you also have to be mindful of that you know, in compromising and making sure the other person is heard. So if you are communicating, it can't just all come from one side. You do need to allow your partner to express themselves. Communication well. is a two-way street. It's not a one-way right. street. That's talking. That's right. ordering. That's commanding. If you just one-sided with it. No, 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 no. Communication is giving and receiving and processing and comprehending. Right. So in terms of, you know, like I said, did some research. The top reasons that I found, and I'm, I'm going to give six, uh, differing backgrounds, homes, and environments. That's a big one. That's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. The deceptive 50-50 relationship. You know, each person assuming, okay, I'm just going to bring this, I'm just going to bring this, and these two mm-hmm. together should make this perfect marriage. Watching TV. Selfishness. Ooh, that's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Hear situations like that all the time. Inability to cope with life's trials. You talked mm-hmm. about that earlier. Everybody going to go through some stuff. Might not be at the same point in your marriage. Might not be the exact same situation. But things are going to happen. And you have to be able to, you know, move forward and, and bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. Fantasy view of love. You know, like we said earlier, did you grow up just assuming it was going to be one way or that, hey, it's just going to be the path is going to be laid. And I love him and this is going to work. We said that in another episode. Is love enough? Typically, mm-hmm. it's not. It requires way more. Mm-hmm. And lastly, lack of a vital religious relationship. And we're not going to say, you know, of any denomination, just having some belief in religion. So of those six, I think number six sticks out the most with me, you know. Um, having that vital relationship with God. And taking the course, it showed, like I said, it shows how God ordains marriage, how he expects two to become one. Once you take the course, you realize a better half makes you better. Back in the day, we heard the phrase, um, behind every great man is a great woman. That's so false. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it's beside every great man is a greater woman because he's striving to provide, striving to better himself for her. So with that comes faith. With faith comes understanding. With understanding comes deliverance. So if we go back over these six, other than differing backgrounds, homes, and environments, the deception of a 50-50 relationship, that's eliminated with a healthy marriage that's faith-based because you realize that it ain't just 50-50 because you're going to do way more because it's being reciprocated. We've said that before. We, we, it's, You're not going to just, a man is supposed to do this, 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 and then that's it. At some point, you're going, man, she a little tired. Let me wash these dishes. 
man, she a little tired. Let me go ahead and get dinner started. Let me go ahead and wash these clothes. You know what? Let me do something nice for her. You going above and beyond. It ain't just the norm, taboo 50-50 of what a man's supposed to do. His ex- There we go again, having expectations opposed to setting expectations. You got some jokers who get into marriage and their expectations is, my dinner's supposed to be made, my clothes supposed to be washed, my house supposed to be clean, my kids supposed to be blah, blah, blah. And, and, and they think they're just supposed to put money in an account and they've done their part. Nah, that so that's a complete deception in the relationship with the 50-50 in my opinion. So a healthy, healthy relationship with God, along with those things that I've outlined, will alleviate that because then that's taking pressure off her. That's freeing her up to have a moment to jump on Vicky's secret and order something nice for you <laughs> to reward your, your efforts, you know? And so that that eliminates that. Self, the selfishness one? Need I say more? Love is selfless. Mm-hmm. Like you, if it's truly reciprocated and it's truly two trying to better themselves, you're doing A, B, and C plus all the rest of the letters in the alphabet to see her happy because you know what? She's got your back and she's doing the same for you. So that eliminates the self, the, uh, the selfish one. Now, the inability to cope with life's trials. Like we said, everyone's going to adhere to some adversity in some shape, form, or fashion. But if your faith is well-rooted, if you're looking up towards the hills to where your help comes from, you know on the other side of this is greatness. You know on the other side of this is a better view, a better, a better everything. So you ain't, you ain't avoiding controversy. You ain't avoiding adversity. You ain't avoiding trouble. You're going to take your head on, chest high, chin up. Because once you go through it, you're going to be a better version of yourself, a stronger version of yourself, a more in-tuned version of yourself, which is going to then reflect in everything you do from marriage to parenting to your job to your goals to all of that. So all six of those, um, I think I left one out. What I left off. Oh, the fantasy love, the fantasy view of love. We're going to touch on that one in a second. But the deception of the 50-50 relationship, the selfishness, and the inability to cope with life's child's all stem from a lack of a vital relationship with God, in my opinion. What say you, baby girl? Uh, I think it goes back to the expectation. Because if you set your clear expectation from day one, then I think you will always be mindful of these other potential problems. Not saying that's going to stop it. So as you said, the deceptive 50-50 relationship. I know for us... You know, it's certain things that, you know, I wanted to make clear because I feel a way about gender roles. So when you mention like, you know, maybe one person expecting a person to like have dinner ready, have the house clean, have the kids a certain way. To me, I think that goes back to an old traditional view where a lot of that did fall on the traditional wife and the man went out of work. That's not the modern world we live in. Mm-mm. Both men and women in most situations, I won't say all, um, they work. So if we're both working to say that I should just pick up the bill on all of these other things at home, I mean, that doesn't balance itself out. Let's say you do that and now you have one person that's working just as hard as the other, but now they feel like now I have 10 more things on my list to do than this other person and you're relaxing, you're chilling, then I'm not able to come to you outside of that and be whole. So now I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything Mm -hmm. intimate or, and that stems other issues. It's not that someone is saying, oh, you know, I'm not in love with you. I'm not connected to you or attracted to you. 
but you have allowed me to become exhausted in this so-called role. So when you set the expectation that, hey, this is our marriage, you put in at least 100% every day, I'll put in at least 100% every day, and we'll both get out the same thing because you're going to get what you put in. So if you're not really putting anything in to say you're only going to put in 50%, then don't expect to have this amazing marriage because that's not based on 50% of anything. Mm. And also having, you know, that fantasy view of love, again, goes back to expectation. What are you expecting? Is your fantasy to have somebody just, you know, take care of you or cater to you, all your needs? Like, what is that? So I think communication, as I mentioned earlier, lack thereof, you know, that causes a big thing. So if you communicate exactly what you want from the beginning, then nobody's moving under false pretenses. Mm -hmm. And you may find out, hey, maybe I can't live up to this expectation that this person has, or maybe that's not what I want at all. And you avoid this whole divorce thing, because guess what? You never even make it down the aisle. I'd rather somebody find these things out and decide they don't want to move forward than to move forward and now you've lost seven years of your life, eight years of your life, all to figure out, man, if I only just said what I wanted or made it clear, you know, we could have just went our, our different ways. See, that's where we defer in thought because at one point I used to think that, oh, you could have avoided this, avoided that. No, in those seven years that the marriage didn't go, how you thought it was, was supposed to go from a fantasy view of love, now you know exactly what you don't want. Now you know exactly what you're trying to build for and look for and trying to find. Well, not really so, in that sense what I was saying, but I mean like if you really have somebody that y'all just not on the same page at all is what I mean. Then how do you make it down the aisle? <laughs> so That's if ain't nobody on the same page, I mean, but 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 the fantasy view of love in our first episode, first full episode, it was called um, What Does Love Look Like? Mm-hmm. So there again, having an expectation of what you think love is. It's a comparison, in my opinion, from what you've experienced or from what you've seen or experienced. Mm-hmm. Comparison is a thief of joy. Instead of sitting there and adhering to what you thought love was or what you thought your relationship should look like, you should build the relationship you want with that person. Like um, I love that phrase. That's why I'm going to say it over and over and over. Having expectations opposed to setting expectations. So, if I had an expectation of what love should look like and you got a completely separate expectation and we're in this thing trying to make it work, but we bumping heads because of your expectation, my expectation, even if we are communicating, but we're not communicating correctly, mm-hmm. we haven't set that expectation together. So you still going your way. I'm going my way. And we're trying to get in the same car, going in two different directions, right. going in two completely different directions. So, that's why I said the fantasy view of love. I wanted to, we, cause that's a whole podcast by itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, we might explore that one a little later now that I'm thinking about it. But just talking about what you're looking for or what you want to build and not just talking about it, asking the partner how they feel about it or is this something that we can provide for each other? Is this something that's doable in our lives? Is this how we should be going about this. These are questions that are simple. They sound mm-hmm. simple, but they're very complex. They're thought provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna have me thinking, okay, this is her thought on this. I mean, if I'm trying to be who I'm stating the man of God, I said I am, knowing how God ordained marriage, okay, am am I am I am I adhering to what she's telling me? Am I comprehending what she wants done? 
then that goes into something else that I that that we we've heard us say time and time again. Uh, well, you've heard us say we ran our marriage like a business when we first got married. There's no business that there's no successful business that doesn't run without a business plan. Mm-hmm. So with those expectations, having a plan to achieve those expectations. So first setting expectations together of the vision you want your marriage and your household to look like. Then from that, coming up with a plan, you know, coming up with a plan of how it should go. How are we going to get there? And then little extra nuggets you have, you're going to compromise. And you have to be flexible and adaptable because one thing with plans that people know, plans change. Compromise is huge. Plans change. So if when life starts throwing things at you, that goes back to inability to cope with life trials, life going to hit you with some stuff. And if you're not being hit with stuff, you're probably not living. But I assure you, life is going to hit you with some big situations. And you need to, again, have a plan on how are we going to overcome this? Or, you know, even major things are going to happen in a relationship, but you can bounce back from them if you have a plan, if you're communicating, if you're compromising, if you're being flexible and just having the faith. So on an individual level, if you both are faith based coming Mm -hmm. together, then that's a stronger union being able to worship together and worshiping through those trials. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing for us, like knowing that, you know, God's not trying to punish you in whoever you, that your higher power you believe in, mm-hmm. but being able to use your faith and your worship to move forward through adversity and trials. Now with faith, that's a big one. With faith is a big one because you got to realize adversity is going to hit everybody. You could be doing everything right and the devil going to throw a stumbling block in your path. How do you maneuver from it? Like, We've been through some serious trials Mm -hmm. and marriage came easy at first, but it was only a preparation for what God had in store for us. He wanted to, he he rocked our boat on purpose Mm -hmm. and how we react to it, how we bounce back from it made us who we are because everybody's taking a fall in life. When you're a kid, you fall, you scrape your leg, it's bleeding. It hurt like hell. Somebody pulled alcohol on it. The alcohol is the, well, first the fall is, the adversity that God's taking you through, the alcohol that's put on it, that's your experience of how you how is it healing, how you gonna go through it. Burn like hell. You kids hate getting adults hate getting alcohol <laughs> pouring on it. But what happens once it heals? Not only is the skin not only does the skin grow back, but the skin's tougher. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with any relationship we have, any situation we have, any adversity we go through. Yeah, it's gonna hurt like hell to pour the alcohol on it. It's gonna bleed. The, the fall itself hurt. But we're going to be tougher. But once that skin grow back, it's going to be even tougher. So with these six, uh, babe, how, how, how can you combat those? The only one that we didn't really discuss was the, the differing of backgrounds, homes, and environments. And in my opinion, that's still expectations. But right. it stems from, what did you say? It stems from exposure? Exposure. And, you know, what you're exposed to, like you said, what you've seen you know, again, just communicating and saying, hey, you know, maybe I didn't grow up in the best environment or if you witnessed toxic things saying, hey, I recognize that these things were toxic and I don't want them. And maybe that person came from something different or something similar. And if you both came from similar, say, okay, how are we not going to repeat these cycles? Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to the blueprint, Mm -hmm. making your plan. Mm -hmm. And the plan may change along the way. You know, you may think you're going right, have to take a left. Like, Whatever it is, as long as you're moving together, 
you can, you know, find your way around any of these trials, any of these differences. I mean, that's, that's a part of the love. Like most people love the differences in the other person. Like the average person does not want to be with someone that's exactly like them. You were drawn to something different for a reason. Something exciting, something that's not boring. Right. So, um, so from, for the difference, the deferring of, of backgrounds and homes, that's exposure, communication, talking about how in the plan that, that, the plan was what keeps you and steers you towards that final destination of happiness, of success, of growing. No, number two was uh, the deceptive 50-50 relationship. You touched on it, communication. That's the easiest and simplest way to combat that. Communicating and setting examples, setting expectations. Well, and not coming in just wanting to do half. Like, come in wanting to give your all mm-hmm. in whatever capacity. Like whatever giving your all means in your household, your relationship, then do that. Mm-hmm. Like if one person feel like they're falling short because maybe they're going through stuff, if you're still putting in 100, you may say, you know what, right now, like I'm the stronger one. I can put in 110. Like let me make up the difference. Like sometimes it's not balanced and that's okay because it's still just making sure that y'all are whole as a unit, not just being, well, I'm just going to do my half. Like if you don't do your half, then what does that have to do with me? No, you you can't have that negative you know, perception and thought process going into it, being positive, wanting to give your all, being open and being flexible. I played sports. A lot of people did. You cannot win a game with just offense. And I don't care what they say, you cannot win a game with just defense. You need your defense just like you need your offense. And that's what we're saying here. Sometimes the defense is going to score. Okay. A strong offense is just like a good defense. So it's going to be more than 50-50 regardless how you look at it. She says 110. Um, Dr. Eric Thomas, I listen to him quite often. E.T., the hip-hop preacher, he's believing in 120. Everything he do is 120. 100% is easy. Mm-hmm. How are you going to stand out? How are you going to set yourself apart? You're going to go 120. You know what I'm saying? There's a video online right now where I can't remember the guy's name, but he went to the gym, and uh, he said he got there early. He wanted to be the first person in the gym. Kobe was already there. Kobe was already there drenched in sweat. He said he worked out for four hours. He's like, I'm outwork Kobe. He was on one end of the court. Kobe was on the other. Four hours later, he gave up. I mean, he, he was ready to go home. He left. Kobe was still there for another hour. It's called giving 120. It's called giving more than, than what's required, going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And if you ain't doing that in your religion, if you ain't doing that in your in your relationship, and your faith, who are you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So communication, compromising. Um, flexibility Being flexible That's that's That goes hand in hand With compromising But Being flexible Compromising is Adhering to what The other person Is trying to tell you Or trying to get you to do And you're taking a step back To allow it to happen But being flexible Is wrapping yourself Around that situation And making yourself A part of it So compromising And flexible Is two different things In my opinion But they go hand in hand Right Because that's like You're adapting When you're being flexible Like you know when I was single, I was by myself. Maybe I did like things to be, you know, point A, B, C. But I'm willing to compromise. I can flex, you know, be flexible and do things out of order, do it different as long as you're st- getting to the same end goal. Um, you know, that all works together. And it just shows a higher level of love as well. All right. And and lastly, well, we already said compromising, but there's levels to compromising. And there's levels to communication. There's levels to conversation. But uh, the main thing with 
uh, the how we combat a lot is we both listen to a lot of inspirational music. We both listen to a lot of inspirational podcasts. But how we communicate, I'm not going to get something and she not have it. She's not going to get something and I not have it. So when I get a strong, I call them nuggets, when I get a, a, a quote or a piece of information that's going to be beneficial, I don't just harbor it. I got a list of quotes in my phone right now that's, I can, I've lost count over the last several years. That every time I get a quote, I'm sharing it with my wife. If I get some piece of information, she's sharing it with me. If I talk to somebody, uh, one of our elders at the church, or if I talk to one of our elders in business, or if I talk to somebody out in the street and they drop something in my spirit, man, she's the person I can't wait to talk to or to share it with. That sparks conversations in our household. From that, that sparks on, hmm, okay, but if they said this, how can we do this to, how can we apply that? You know, so having those from our faith and from our worship, either through music, through conversation, through podcasts, or just experiences, the willingness to immediately share it with the other so we can can build together. So um, not to cut it short, but this is a two-part episode because we ain't going to, we're not going to rush this. So we are going to bring this to an end right now. Stay tuned for part two. I am Grant Michaels. And I'm Queen Shay. Vibing out. Peace.